Dope Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Chambliss, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Russell Howell. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Uh, we've been kind of uh, off the grid there for the last couple weeks, but uh, we're back, uh, better than ever, and uh, getting ready to talk about Lights Out from 2016. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking about this film. I think it's a pretty underrated film that not a lot of people really talk mm-hmm. about, so be kind of exciting to talk about it. Oh, yes, I definitely agree. This is a movie that I kind of missed out on. So being able to come here with kind of a fresh, um, you know, have it kind of fresh in my mind for the first time is yeah. a very interesting way to talk about it. So um, let's start by giving you the opportunity to go through the um, synopsis. The synopsis. <laughs> I said it. And then we can go into our positives and our negatives. I'm just going to do a watered down version uh, of the uh, synopsis of the uh, movie just because I mean, we're no problem. For, forever talking about it. Yeah. But the movie begins with uh, Billy Burke, uh, who plays Paul. Billy Burke, you might recognize as um, uh, Elizabeth Swan's um, father from Twilight. He played the uh, sheriff or the, the cop or whatever. The brawny um, towel guy. Yeah, uh, Billy Burke. Yeah. No, you, ta- you know who I'm talking about? The, um, yeah. The, yeah. He, yeah. He, he plays. Uh, her uh, father in the uh, the Twilight series, so that's where you may remember him from. He comes up a lot, but <laughs> we see that he is talking to his son, played by Gabriel Bateman. Uh, his name's Martin in the movie. Um, we see that he is talking to Martin, and Martin's kind of just talking about how he is living with his mother, played by Maria Bello. Who uh, this is a really different role for Maria Bello. Um, she, uh, you know, she's such a really good actress, really good in a uh, history of violence, uh, other films like that. She's really good in. But um, she pretty much he is pretty much scared because of the fact that she is kind of talking to herself. So the whole entire film, we have to understand why is she talking to herself? And this just kind of unravels different things. Uh, we see that Teresa Palmer plays Rebecca, um, who is Martin's obviously sister. And Rebecca kind of understands what's going on because her mother did this while um, she lived at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, she has this imaginary friend. Um, what, and, uh, Diana is, is her name and pretty much we get a little backstory of why Diana came into being, um, Maria Bello's character, Sophie was institutionalized and she made friends with a girl by the name of Diana. Well, Diana is now deceased and Diana is still around. And so it's one of those things where this little girl is pretty much, or this girl is haunting the family and haunting Mm -hmm. everyone close to the family, which I think is just like I said, this movie I did not see in the theaters. It was one of the films I missed, kind of like you too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I visited on oh, I, I forget. I think I picked it up at the Family Video. I think it was like it was a used DVD, and nice. I was like, I, and I remember seeing it. I remember seeing advertisements for it and previews for it, but I just never got around to seeing it. It was one of those, you know, literally the movie was just in and out. It was like real quick to the theaters. But yeah. um, the movie did decent. Um, I think. Uh, from what I see, its budget was only almost like $5 million. Uh, opening weekend, it made 21.6, so it made really good money domestically. Oh, and then, end up, and then end up finishing with a total gross of $67.2 million. But, ba- but basically, the overall gist of the film is pretty much family. Um, it's about them going through this whole entire journey together. Um, mm-hmm. Rebecca and her brother Martin. Um, obviously, Paul is killed. The dad's killed real quick at the beginning of the film. Um, and this is pretty much where we see that this... Um, this entity or this uh, being, um, Diana, has a lot lot in store for this family. So it, it's one of those movies that kind of unveil itself like an onion. 
the more you watch yeah. it, the more the, the more the layers get peeled back. And it's a fun film. Like I said, I wish a lot of more people would watch this film. I feel like it's one of those underrated films. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. So this was based on um a short um a short film that the director David F. Sandberg uh put on his YouTube channel. It was just like, like I think a three or four minute kind of snippet scene. Uh-huh. Um, and then they ended up making a full length movie out of it. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, small budget, um, like short running time too. It's only like 81 minutes. So it's a short movie. Yeah. So the budget was uh 4.9 million and it grossed about 148.9 million. Oh, was that worldwide? worldwide? Yeah. Nice. So let's get into some of our pros about this movie. Russ, you want to start? Uh, yeah. The thing I like about it is it doesn't go over the top to scare you. Um, the scenes mm-hmm. that work are when literally the lights are out and you can see her. That's the creepiest part to me at the beginning of the film when we see Billy Burke's assistant or whatever turn the lights oh, off. Oh, yeah. See, we can see the figure. She shuts it off. She's still there. She turns the light off again and turns it on. And it, like it's like one of those pop-up jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they use that effectively. I think they don't go overboard with, with the scares. The scares are more of, oh, crap, what happens when the lights go out? You can hear the sounds. You can hear the doorknob twisting. Like yeah. you, know, yeah. you know this Diana is there um, to wreak havoc. And it's just it, mm-hmm. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go overboard with trying to scare you. I, I love the fact of that. It's very simple. Um, yeah, that's how, what James like, Wan yeah. does really well, though. And he's actually a producer yeah. for this movie is – he knows how to make make you scared without using a lot of jump scares. Yeah, and uh, or using them effectively. And Samber, in case you guys like may recognize the name, he directed Annabelle Creation from 2017, and he also did Shazam. Shazam. So that's yep. where a lot of his stardom comes from. But um, yeah, very um, like I said, very uh, watered down with the jump scares. Um, it's not in your face, like grotesque or mm-hmm. um, horrifying. But I think it's just the fact that subtly these things can happen and unfold. And I think that's the, I think that's where Sandberg plays upon your fears with that. And I, and I just, I, I really enjoy this film. I think it's a very underrated film. Oh yeah, I do too. Um, there is a lot of things that I love about this movie and I believe her name is Rebecca, right? The yeah. Teresa Palmer. She is an absolute gem. Um, I love her. Fantastic. Everything she does. Um, I remember first seeing her, man, it was probably, I'd say like with, um, she was in warm bodies. Um, I remember take me home tonight was one of the other ones I I had seen her in. It was the same year that she came out with. I am number four. Um, yeah, warm bodies. Um, she also did, uh, the choice, which was one of those like romantic films, I don't know if that was a Nicholas Sparks book, but it was she like kind of one the, of those. The Port Point Break remake. Point Break remake, yeah. Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge, yes, and she she does a lot of work. You'll notice her here and there, but she is a really terrific actress. Very mm-hmm. under, very underrated, and very young. Um, I think she also was the uh, wife in um, Replicas. I think she was. I think she played. Uh, I'm pretty sure she played. Uh, was she in but- Replicas? I have not because I have uh, not heard great things about it. I think she was in replicas. I'm pretty sure she played the. 
Or I am wrong. I thought she, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I thought it no, it looks just like her. I am thinking of Alice Eve. That's my fault. I thought she was in replica. Dude, I'm mistaking her for um the girl who played in uh Kristen Stewart, she looks just like too. Uh that don't breathe, so Oh yeah, but she I mean she has that look. She has that literally Teresa Palmer can almost go if she was like brown haired, would literally almost look like face wise of uh, oh, what the hell's her name? I just, I literally just said it. I, she, she literally, literally just said it. Um, she looks exactly like uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart? Uh, yeah, face wise. If you would, if you would dye her hair brown, face wise, she looks. She has the same exact face structure as uh, Kristen Stewart. I can see it. But um, she's a really good actress, and mm -hmm. I, it was really good to see her in this film. I think she's the standout performer in this film for sure. Oh yeah, I, I love how they wrote her character though, because it could have. Like, she could have easily been just, you know, either the, the final girl or the skeptic or whatever. But th they really gave her layers in this movie that each time you watch it, you get a new layer of this character that I really yeah. enjoyed. Well, that's the thing about this film. This film actually explores characters. And I think mm -hmm. that's why it's so effective in the short runtime it does. We still get a backstory. We understand the the motives of Rebecca's character because she grew up when her mother was doing this stuff. So she can relate to her brother. Um, mm -hmm. And with the, you know, obviously the sudden death of their stepfather, I believe it's their stepdad at the time. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, crap. It's like, well, we know what's going like, uh, it's pretty much, you know, she, Rebecca steps up and it's like, you know what? I know I've seen this. I've seen this before. I know what's going on. So basically she, she wants to protect her brother in this. She has that uh, maternal instinct to protect her brother because she feels like her mother obviously can't. She wants to, but this, you know, Diana has this strong grasp on her mother so much that she just can't, yeah. that she just can't be uh, effective as a mother, you know? Yeah. And the points you were bringing up before are really great because this movie, the deep root of it yeah. is all about family. It is all you, the way to the end of the movie. Yeah, literally to the end of the film. Um, you don't get a lot of films that kind of base their. I mean, you get that family aesthetic, but they don't. You don't. Uh, you don't have any feelings or relate to the family because I feel like sometimes they just force a family on the screen and they don't really yeah. explore the characters like this movie does. Um, we understand what the you know what the brother's wrestling with. Like we feel bad for the brother because he doesn't get any sleep, and like Martin, like he is falling asleep at school because he's too scared to go to sleep at home. Um, and then we see that you know Rebecca finds out about this, and she kind of wants to protect Martin because you know he's too young to be going through all this stuff. Um, and I just I like that feeling of that. Just it's just that like I said that family esque atmosphere that they surround this movie in and i think that that makes it more effective uh, as, of a film because you don't see that all the time yeah and that's one thing that this movie how am i gonna put this this movie is a fantastic movie mm -hmm. and a great horror film but if you're the type of person who likes the slashers or kind of a like faster paced movie this isn't the movie for you because no they ground it really really effectively but it's a more grounded movie it is it kind of reminds me almost of kind of like how it follows it's one of those slow burning yes. films yeah it's one of those slow exactly burning, 
it's one of those slow burning films that take a while to get to. So yeah, if you're in a mood for one of those in your face, like slasher films, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or Texas Chainsaw or, you know, whatever, uh, this isn't the same type of film. This film actually has a story. And on top of it though, it does provide those little jump scares, it, it, but it, yeah. it's effective enough. It doesn't beat you over the head with it. Like, Oh yeah, I, I can see this coming. I mean, it's fun. Um, it's a fun, yeah. there's the, the jump scares are fun. They don't try to overdo it. Um, and I think it's used effectively in this film. I think that the fact mm. that they don't beat you over the head with the jump scares makes the movie a little bit more scary in general because it builds through tension. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I'm kind of glad that horror movies are getting away from. And yeah. that's the um, the overuse of just cheap jump scares. Now, jump scares are fine, but when it's like you know, the jump scare noise and then it's like a guy walking across the screen or something like that. Like, they'll use, like, especially this movie, they'll use their surroundings more as the horror and getting your anticipation high by, like, because this whole movie, like, third act takes place in the house, pitch black, you're in a closed quarter space, and you're not sure where the creature so it's like it's keeping your mind racing at all times. Yeah, and and, and, and just the fact that it does that, I think, is what makes it so effective as a film. Like, you know, it, it, it doesn't move too quick. It moves at its own pace, and I think that's what makes it unique because you don't get that a lot with, like, horror films. Horror films come, sometimes want to just, you know, wow you with blood and guts and just, like, throw everything mm-hmm. out at you all at once. While some movies are a little bit more thought-provoking, this movie actually has character development it actually has you know a story to it and i think that's what makes it so different than other films oh yeah um so let's get into kind of our favorite scenes favorite moments favorite lines things like that right you want to kick us off uh yeah some of the favorite scenes that i have um literally i think it's it's usually just um i love the beginning i love how they set that yeah. up at the beginning of the film i think that really sets the tempo for the film um just that whole entire Okay, so the uh, the stepfather's assistant, he's closing up his store or shop or whatever, and it's one of those things where she says that she has seen something, and he's on the phone. He's on the phone, and he says it's you know super important, blah blah blah. But we know somebody's there, um, and then we see that. So finally, she leaves and ends up. Well, she ends up leaving. Yeah, she ends up. I think leaving, doesn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because she doesn't get killed. She leaves. She gets the hell out of there. Yeah, um, smart. Well, but the beginning of the film, like I said, so he comes out, investigates it. He sees that this th- this thing, who we later find on, you know, is Diana. We find out mm-hmm. that she doesn't come into the light. She only reveals herself when it's, like, lights out, hence the name of the, the film. Um, yeah, which, so again, he run- perfect setup for a film. Oh, for sure, because it's it's something different and it's it's a little bit more unique and original. So I appreciate that. Um, but then he runs back into the office, has the lights shut off, but we can hear her like jiggling the the door, uh, and we see the lights are still on. All of a sudden, like the lights are starting to twitch, and then the lights go off, and you hear a loud like yell, and we know that Diana has gotten the stepfather, um, and that just yep. really kick kicks off the film. And I think with that, just the whole. Um, building that suspense of oh crap there's that figure like you don't see her you just see the figure and it's like oh my god mm-hmm. it's like it's super scary by uh, it, it's super creepy just not having seen the character you just see the outline and kind of how like the ring 
does the same thing with like um, Samara yeah. and the Samara. ring. Yeah, so it's kind of like the same thing like that, only it's different. Well, it's different in the fact that, you know, you do see Samara's face, but uh, you don't see Diana's face with some of this yeah. stuff. And it's it's kind of cool. Um, another scene that uh, I enjoy is probably the end, like the the back end of the film when they're trying to defeat Diana. Um, I think you know that that whole entire thing of them working together uh, is really cool. Like the brother and sister relationship that you see there, she's very protective of her brother, um, and it's nice because like necess- not necessarily they didn't have that like big relationship because remember she's living with or she's living by herself. Rebecca's living by herself. You know she has a boyfriend and. Martin's living with the mother, Maria Bello's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't see the the relationship between the brother and sister yet because, you know, he lives with his mom. She lives on her own. So it takes that finally getting together to have that bonding moment to, to realize, you know, she does have, you know, feelings for her brother. And she has that, you know, uh, you know, motherly protection yeah. to try to protect Martin. I, 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 would, I, I would say that that's another scene I enjoy. But I definitely, I think the beginning scene, I think that really kicks off this film. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to agree with you that that opening scene was a perfect way to get you set into the story. Yeah. Um, but, and this is going to sound weird, I love the fact that they made the boyfriend in here actually smart. And how most of these characters don't make dumb decisions, like in most horror movies. Yeah, like if you tell them not to go left, they go left. They go left, yeah. yeah. And I love how, like, because when the boyfriend leaves, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Go. He's just, he's going to run off. But then he comes back with the cops. I'm like, yes, a smart yeah. decision, finally. Like, a smart character, a smart side character. Normally in horror movies, doesn't get represented as well. The boyfriend, the husband, whatever. They're usually seen as dumbasses. But this guy knew protector, and what a better way to do that than to get the police with the sirens, the lights, things like that. Yeah, which was smart because when they introduce characters like that, some of the times you feel like they're just throwaway characters. Like they're gonna get killed, yeah. they're gonna get killed off, and that's that. Like when he, when he, like when Diana's like having her way pretty much with the boyfriend, like you know throwing him around and like having him like like by the, mm-hmm. you know, up in the air or whatever that he falls down and then he ends up running outside. You think, okay, well, crap. Like, you thought, like, he was gonna, they were gonna hurry up and kill him off. Um, usually yeah. that's what they do in those types of films. Like, he's a throwaway character. But he leaves and you're like, well, wait, so he's literally, the relationship he has with Rebecca in this, in this film really isn't genuine. Like, because he's literally gonna leave her. He's like, yeah. you know what, when th- things get hard, I'm out of it. You know what I mean? But then we see that he comes back, and I and I do like that. It's 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 a lot different than you normally would think. Yeah, and like that's something that I didn't realize till like watching it again was he must have known like the the sirens and the lights and things like that would be able to help uh, Rebecca because yeah. he came back with police. But I was like. The first time I watched it, I was like, well, the police aren't going to be able to do anything. And then I realized, oh, the sirens, the lights, the flashlights. Yeah. You're getting extra light. So if one power goes out, you still have your flashlight. Yeah. There's always some sort of light there with you. Yeah, that's why Rebecca's character always has that crank uh, flashlight. 
on her. Yeah. You know, she always um, has that on her because they can't, it's not like it's plugged into the electric where the, you know, yeah. the, the electric just goes out and whoop, you're out of a light. This one's like a hand crank light. So she always has something. Yeah. Yeah. There's another scene that I really love that I was really shocked by actually. And that's when, um, Maria Bello's character. I'm sorry. Let me see if I can find her name. Um, Sophie. Yeah. Where uh, Sophie and Martin are having that movie night. Yeah. And uh, she pretty much tries to uh, have Martin meet her new friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the uh, uh, creature, or yeah, her name is Diana. Yeah, Diana. Hello, are we good? Yeah, I can hear you. You still, you're still recording, right? Yep. Okay, so you can just edit that. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So okay. go, go back just, in. Just go back into talking about uh, Maria Bello and about the movie night and stuff like that. Yeah, I will right, okay. go back in in three, yeah. two, one. Um. So yeah, I really enjoy the scene because it twisted my expectations a little bit. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, you know, it's just a, a normal movie night. You know, I didn't expect anything to really happen. And then she turned off lights and I'm screaming at my TV. What are you doing? Yeah. And then this is the first time you fully see uh, Diana, correct? Just like the full. Yeah. yeah. Like creature, because I believe yeah. you see a small part of Diana at the beginning of the movie. But this is the first time you actually get to see, see her face. But you, see the creature in full effect. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing, like I feel bad because you know, Maria Bella's character, she's trying to bond with her mm-hmm. son, Martin. She's trying. She knows that she has to fight this battle um, of having this, you know, imaginary friend, because again, she was committed into like a psychiatric. And it always seems like that's a popular um, choice for these horror films, like yeah. some kind of psychiatric uh, clinic or something like that. Um, but we see that she's wrestling, with, she's, she's wrestling with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where we, as the viewers, are questioning, well, is Diana real? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, because we see her. But the thing about it is, and obviously, you know, obviously, again, this is uh, spoilers, obviously. Yeah. If you haven't seen it. But at the end, why she ends up killing herself, because she knows that if Diana lives inside the mind of Maria Bella's character, if she kills herself, she frees everybody else. So yeah. she's sacrificing herself again for her family. So kind of like it, it, it's good in the aspect, like I'm not, you know, obviously condoning suicide, but I'm saying that this is just a symbolism of that, that family esque you know, feel mm-hmm. that we're getting for the film. The mother is sacrificing herself for her children. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's what I love about that ending in particular is yeah she gets the like the 
light bulb moment. She knows yeah. what she has to do. And it pans over to Rebecca's face. And you can see that she knows what's about to happen. Yeah, and it, and it sucks because you you see that obviously Maria Bella's character as a mom, she wants to try to fight this. She wants yeah. to have that relationship with her family, but she knows that there's always going to be Diana, Diana in the there. picture. So it's one of those things where it kind of sucks because I kind of wish that she would have just fought through it and somehow they defeat Diana. But I understand for the you know the greater good of her family, she has to take her life in this situation. Yeah, and actually going on to the ending, I love how this movie ends. It's kind of a happy ending because yeah. now you have Brett, you have Rebecca, and you have um, Martin. Martin. Yeah, and they're pretty much. I I mean, yeah, there were families before, but now yeah, they feel more like a a real family. You yeah, know. because yeah, because Rebecca was on the edge. If you see the beginning of the film, um, she has you know her boyfriend like come over but not spend the night, so she has that commitment issue. Yeah, because um, she's worried about people leaving her. I think, and I think maybe it stems from the relationship with her mom. Her maybe mother. I don't know. Um, but we see that they have a groundbreaking moment in their relationship, obviously, because I remember at the beginning of the film. Remember, he wants to just leave a sock there. Yeah. Uh, one sock. He, he goes one sock. You know, it's it's harmless, but it's just that knowing that one of your items is over is the person that you care about or the person you're seeing's house because it's like a part of you's there. Mm. You know what I mean? Without actually not physically being there. Um, but yeah, and then, and it, and then yeah. in that scene, what's funny is she finds the sock and just throws it back at him. Yeah, she, yeah. She goes, yeah. Can I tell you something? And she throws the sock back down at him. <laughs> But um, it, like I said, like how we said, the short runtime, it, it is a, you know, a movie that's super short, 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it's a fact that wasted moments in the film, all 120 minutes of the film <clears throat> serve a purpose. And, you know, like I said, for the short runtime, they still build the characters. You learn about Rebecca's insecurities. We learn about Martin. We learn about the mother. We get all the questions and answers that we need. Um, and I think, again, like I said, it's, and it's an effective horror film um, without being too over-the-top horror. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's a horror yeah. film, but it's like, you know, not, it doesn't beat you over the head with uh, scares. It's more of a thriller than it is a horror. Yeah, it'd be like a yeah, horror thriller. But yeah, but for sure, to me, um, it has more of a story, like how we have been yeah. saying. There's more... Um, character development and I, I appreciate the fact that Sam Berg took the time to do that and kind of filter that out yeah um, so let's move on to some of the uh, the negatives do you okay. have any because I can't really I mean I guess I guess a negative and I don't know if you would even call it really a negative I, I wish it would have been a little bit longer you know um, yeah. I know I know that's really not a negative I mean to wrap everything up with a bow in 81 minutes, it does kind of, you're kind of like, eh, could we have done a little bit more? You might've been able to, um, I would like to have seen a little bit more with the mother and Diana, um, mm -hmm. maybe like a, like flashbacks with them, like, you know, a little bit more. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind of seeing that or like seeing flashbacks with Rebecca when she was living at the house and her encounters with Diana so that we could like flush that out a little bit too. Cause I don't yeah. think we had a, we didn't, we didn't have a whole lot of that. I don't think in the film, if, if any, 
Um, I don't think we had any, actually. No, so if she wants to relate to Martin, I wish, you know, we'd take it at the value of the character that she said, you know, obviously she knew her mother had some, you know, some problems, like, Mm -hmm. you know, with mental illness and having Diana, you know. But, like, then again, it's like, but Diana was there, so, like, everybody else saw her, so was, was the mother really sick? That's a good you know? point. Because, like, I mean, to me, it's like, okay, I understand because it's in her head. But it, whatever she projected in her head, obviously, you know, um, you know, uh, magnified to mm-hmm. real life, like for 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 her, you know, everybody to see. So, like, does that make her crazy at all? Because technically, I mean, if if that was the whole thing, she's right she, though. She she is because, like, really, that that Diana's still alive through her mind, but through her mind, she's projecting it in real life. And like, you know, Rebecca can see it. Martin can see it. Everybody can see it. Yeah. Um, it's so kind of like, like the yeah. old saying, if you um, picture something long enough in your mind, you can make it reality. Yeah. So, the, so that, that offers a good question there. So like, was, mm-hmm. was Maria Bella's character really mentally ill? Was she really crazy? I mean, yeah, we understand that, but like the fact that she, you know, had this imaginary friend who she actually put into real life. I mean, that doesn't really make you crazy. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish they would have explored that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and actually I have one more pro. I love the scene where they kind of explain Diana more who yeah. Diana was in the mental hospital, things yeah. like that, because you could tell like the style of the movie changed. It went to more of a like a grainy type picture look, yeah, more documentarian style, which I really enjoyed the the camera angles as well. And I like the um, footage they used of like uh, the person interviewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked that too because that was kind of creepy. Yeah, and then one more pro. I love just the whole ending scene in the house because you're literally stuck in one place. Full of darkness. Yeah. You got to try to, and our characters have to try to find some sort of light to protect themselves. I love how it's more, more closed in, more terrifying because you are home. You are in what's supposed to be a safe place. Yeah. And then you realize, ooh, maybe it's not safe. Kind of like what what Paranormal Activity did with uh, your bed. They brought the, um, the paranormal into your house. And And we see a lot of horror films do that, though. They invade your house, like Nightmare on Elm Street. The dreams become reality, and where does he come? He gets pulled into their house. You know what I mean? Yeah, Um, but that one, you you could clearly see it was more of a fantasy. This one one and Paranormal Activity feel more realistic, if that makes sense. But I guess I'm trying to draw comparisons at the fact that where, I guess, Nancy can't sleep in her house. Like You know what I mean? I guess that intimacy of your bed and just like how we had said before. Um, but we do see a lot of this um, in general. Even look at you know the Conjuring; it deals with house. Amityville mm-hmm. Horror deals with house. Like there's a lot of you know under you know undertow like themes where it is dealing with the house, the intimacy yeah. of your own domicile, your 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 you know your fortress. This is yours. Like you know what I mean. And we see yeah. a lot of these films do it. Like how I just had thrown out a couple other ones. They do the same exact thing with that. So. Yeah. Um, the only really negatives I can think of, and they're pretty much going to agree with you, is yeah. I wish we got more of Rebecca and 
keep forgetting her name. You know, Diana. No, not Diana. Oh, um, you're talking about Rebecca. Sophie. Oh, and Sophie. Yeah. Oh, you the mother and daughter, you mean? Yeah, Maria yeah, Bella's yeah. character. Yeah. No, I agree because I feel like we we know that their relationship's strained, and we know mm -hmm. it's because of the way she was in the past, but we don't see it. Yeah. Um, I, I wish, wish I wish we would have seen the strain. Yeah, I just wish we got maybe one or two flashbacks that, or hell, have uh, a scene where Rebecca's talking to Martin. He's and Martin's wondering what she went through, why she leave, and you get a scene, a flashback scene a with flashback, yeah. young Rebecca and uh, and Sophie just yeah, kind of to tell you why there's a strain there, and yeah. why that why she moved out and why she doesn't want Martin there, kind of. Answering some of these loose questions, but again, that's a really small detail. I mean, it is because, I mean, as we examine the whole 120 minutes of the film, I mean, everything works. I mean, you get your answers, but you don't get them to the extent that you can draw yeah. more from. Um, I think that's small nitpicking on our part. Um, I think the movie overall is effective in its own right. I think uh, the 120 minutes goes by rather fast. You're invested mm -hmm. in it. Um, yeah, but there are sometimes where it's like, you know, sometimes movies run too long. This is one where you're like, eh, we could have maybe put another 15 minutes in there and added some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. would have preferred maybe 10, 15 minutes, make it 90-something minutes, make it yeah. uh, about hour 30. Yeah, like the average, an hour and a half, hour and 35 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, overall, let's go into our, um, our overall thoughts. And then a rating, Russ. Uh, yeah, overall, kind of like uh, being a dead horse with it. I just think that the movie with the short runtime really is an effective horror film. That's why I chose it. I thought it was a very underrated film that not a lot of people talk about and or is recognized a lot. You know, yeah. it's one of those ones that literally flew under the radar. It made decent money in the box office. But like once it came out, it's like everybody forgot about it. Um, yeah. you, don't hear, you don't hear a lot about it at all. Um, and it's kind of sad because it is an effective horror film, horror thriller-esque film. Um, it does have characters that you can actually see the uh, maturation and changing of mm -hmm. characters. There's a lot of character development in this film, and I appreciate that. I like how it takes a different approach to a horror film. Like you get most horror films where, you know, you don't really click with the characters. Like you see them, they're like, yeah, they're cool. They'd be cool to hang out with, but you don't know them, know them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I feel yeah. like we, we get a little bit more of a knowledge of the characters in this film, and I appreciate that. Um, Teresa Palmer was fantastic in this film. I really like anything she does. I think she's a really great, underrated actress that not a lot of people talk about. Um, like, even go see her, like I said, in uh, Take Me Home Tonight. She was really good in Hacksaw Ridge. Warm Bodies, The Choice uh, was a rom-com or a romantic film that she was in that was really good. Um, but she's a really good actress, and I thought she really carried this film. Um, and overall, I just, like I said, it's just one of those films where the, uh, the tension building, I think is what really leads to this film being creepy. Um, it's not over the head, you know, going to beat you over the head with like, uh, grotesque scenes of like killings and stuff like that. And like different things, it's going to build it a little bit differently. And I, I like that. So overall, I would probably give this in between like a three, three and a half out of five. Um, I think it's effective enough. It's far from a perfect film, but it's yeah. absolutely a uh, it's a watchable film, and I think it's something that a lot of people should absolutely go check out, especially for the Halloween season coming up next month. Oh yes, Halloween's coming up. We're gonna have a lot of reviews for you guys. Um, but yeah, this movie was awesome. As someone who 
watch it for the first time, going in not really knowing what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't really know what the movie was about. I went in there and just wanted to watch it on my own accord. And to me, that's the best way to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I agree. I'm glad that um, this was a film that you didn't see or seek out before. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like when we do that, um, where like one of us have seen it, and not you know, like The Witch. I think is the one that I I picked out that you had that I hadn't seen that you saw. Yep. So this was good that you didn't see this, and uh, you could uh, actually visit it for the first time. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the characters are really fleshed out. You really care for them. Uh, great side characters, great main cast. Uh, Teresa Palmer is incredible. Maria Bello gives a great performance. It's got really great tension-filled moments, really good scares. And at the end of the day, it's all about family and about what you would do for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was fun. It was a short movie. Uh, you can, you know, watch it, enjoy it, and and really get a good message out of it too. I love horror movies that have great messages behind it as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I- for sure. It, it's that underlying uh, theme of family. Yeah. And just, you know, it, it, you don't look at the how I think the mother dies in the film. Look at the symbolism of she is sacrificing herself for her family. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, how they always say, I would catch a bullet for you or I would die for you and stuff like that. So in essence, yeah. that's what she's doing. So I, I kind of look at it from that perspective, not just in the manner in which she dies. Yeah. Um, but she's doing it for a, a more of a, a bigger reason. You know what I mean? She's doing mm-hmm. it for her family. We have said family so many times. Dom Toretto is proud of us right now. Yeah, somewhere Vin Diesel's smiling right now. <laughs> uh, but overall, I would give this movie a four out of five. I okay. really love this movie. It's a great pick, Russ. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, so let's go into the horror corner, ladies and gentlemen. It's my pick this week. And I was thinking, uh, Hellfest. I was thinking Scream, and I was like, you know what? Let's go with one that I haven't seen. Let's go with one that's a horror classic that I've never seen. So next week, we are talking about The Exorcist. Which is a a good choice because of the fact, you know, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, I mean, it is one of those films that, I mean, it's quote-unquote classic. Um, I mean, it definitely... there's memorable scenes from the film, um, but we'll talk more about that uh, next week. But funny thing, I I don't mean to one up you. I I already kind of have because of what had happened last couple days with the passing of Sid Haig. um, I kind of wanted to talk about my pick for the following week. I thought it would be kind of fitting. Um, I think the week after that, we're going to talk about the house of a thousand corpses. Um, It was just one. It was one of the ones where Sid Haig was such a well-known actor um, but Rob Zombie really kind of revitalized his career as Captain Spaulding. And I thought, what perfect homage to an actor by just diving into what really kind of made him more of a pop icon. Um, but House of a Thousand Corpses, even with Three from Hell coming out next month on uh, Blu-ray, um, it had already been out in theaters for uh, a couple days. I think it was only three days that they had released it out, but it'll be coming <laughs> out on Blu- Blu-ray next month. Um, kind of wanted to talk about that and revisit that. So House of a Thousand Corpses will be on tap for the week after. Okay, awesome. A mo- again, yeah. a movie I haven't seen. I've yeah, heard so of it. This... <laughs> but... Yeah. 
All right, guys. So we have The Exorcist this week and then The House of a Thousand Corpses the week after. And, guys, it's almost there. It's Halloween season, which absolutely, I, I'm so excited for the Halloween season because we are going to dive deep into some of our horror classics or just horror movies that we love to watch during Halloween. That's going to be all October long. We're doing a um, pretty much our guilty horror pleasures or horror movies we love to watch during Halloween season. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. Can't wait to get in that one. For sure. I think that'll be fun. And I think we may just try to review as much as we can and just throw them out as we review them or as we watch them. Because I think yeah. I want to, I do watch a lot of uh, horror films in the month of October anyway. So I do um, too. This will give us a chance to kind of try to throw more uh, content out, more reviews of, of such, you know, classic films and or just guilty pleasures. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, guys. So let's get into the plugs. Russ. Where people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on YouTube. I have rebranded uh, my YouTube channel. It is now Notorious by Chance YouTube channel. Um, Chance Ellison and I have a podcast called Notorious by Chance. Uh, join the Facebook group where you can vote on polls and stuff like that. We were just having some problems with Anchor, um, some copyright issues just because of the picture that we use for our logo. That's ridiculous. Um, which I think is kind of dumb uh, because of the Ghostbuster logo or whatever. I think they uh, – anyway, we're trying to get it to where we can fix it and keep all of our 40 plus episodes on the same feed so we don't yeah. lose all those episodes. I think that's why we're kind of taking forever to get our uh you know feet on the ground with that because we don't want to lose all that work that we've built, you know, with this brand. Um yeah. so I think we're just going to you know play it by ear. The 1999 fil- uh 1999 anniversary 20th anniversary uh Matrix has already been filmed. We're going to release that out whenever we get our um you know, whenever Anchor decides to get its crap together. But <laughs> but on YouTube, it's the companion piece, uh, Notorious by Chance companion piece, and it's pretty much where we review all the films that are in theaters currently. Um, so Ad Astra uh, was one of our last films that we had reviewed. How was that movie? It's not bad. Uh, you just have to check out the, the review. Chance and I kind of do a non-spoiler review. We kind of talk about it. We shoot this shit for like between 10 and 15 minutes about the film. They're really short, easy to digest, and we're just really excited with the content that we're putting out as a companion piece to the podcast where we can review uh, mm-hmm. current films. So I, I kind of like that. I, it was a good idea on our part. Um, we've both been talking about, you know, doing the YouTube channel. We're like, well, hell, this is what we do anyway. Why don't we just use my channel? Cause I had more subscribers to basically kind of just say, Hey, you know what? Let's just combine it and make it notorious by chance. So that's what we're doing. Um, we're going to have all my, all my old stuff still on the feed. Uh, the trailer reviews and uh, movie reviews, but uh, moving forward, it's going to be Chance and I talking all things uh, new releases. So I'm I'm looking awesome. forward to that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, is that it? Yeah, that's all. That, that, that was a that was a long enough plug. <laughs> all right, and if you guys did enjoy this podcast, remember to rate us. Um, I guess I I really don't know how to plug this. Like rate, subscribe, things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, just listen. Uh, listen to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, get people on board to uh, invite friends that enjoy the horror genre of film. Uh, yeah. Have a listen. I think w- we have some good conversations about some good films that you may or may not have seen. Um, we always recommend watching the film before you listen to the podcast yeah, because we do talk film. about a lot of. We do talk about the the film in depth enough to where it's like we could ruin the film if you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, get the word out. Uh, I know we're slowly trying to build this brand. Um, it's it's a it's a small 
it's small steps. I think our Facebook group's super small. So if we yeah. can try to invite other people to get, get the word out, I think what we're doing, you know, we're doing a good, uh, good job here with the, just the different, like focusing on one main genre to yeah. talk about with the podcast and especially with October coming around. So I think it's a perfect time to perfect uh, timing. Absolutely. Um, and also, uh, join the Facebook group, um, which is the horoscope podcast, because what we're going to start doing now is we're going to start doing uh, horror news updates. Mm-hmm. Um, so just every day that I find a new horror, um, horror news, I put it up on there. We can kind of get the conversation going there. So if you guys love horror movies and love just hanging out with horror fans, then definitely join that Facebook group. For sure. You can also check out my two channels on YouTube, Film Nerd TV, which, speaking of, I'm going to announce this right now. Next week's episode will be the first time we are releasing our video podcast for the horoscope. So next week is The Exorcist, and then from there we're going to do more more videos to post on Film Nerd TV. And also, we're also going to be putting up the Ben Bateman video and the uh, Janine the Machine uh, podcast videos. That'll be good, too. Um, And also, if you guys check out my other channel, which is Combat Wrestling Network, where we host Combat Wrestling Trivia. That was a long-winded way. I'm tired, but thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Peace. All right, buddy. We finally shot it. I'm glad we actually got this episode.